Welcome to Insurance Uncovered, the first podcast to bring you insurance news and an inside perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. Hello, everyone. I'm Kathy Imus. Today, we're uncovering distracted driving, how one state's hands-off approach is reversing the negative trend and saving lives. Plus, TRIA is up for reauthorization. We'll discuss NAMIC's effort to educate Congress before the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act expires. And a new push to increase storm resiliency. How NCOIL hopes to spread the conversation across the country. But first up, Distracted Driving Awareness Month kicked off on April 1st in another bid to get people to recognize and understand the dangers of operating a vehicle without full attention. The stats are sobering. More than 40,000 people were killed in motor vehicle accidents in 2018. Cell phones, dashboard infotainment systems, and evolving voice command features all have the potential to pull a driver's focus away from the road. That's why the National Safety Council is promoting its Just Drive campaign throughout April. The message is simple, and it's one that's already getting the attention of lawmakers nationwide. On today's Unscripted, our Chuck Chamness talks with Georgia State Representative John Carson about the success of his state's newly enacted hands-free driving law. Every day, at least nine Americans die and a hundred more are injured in distracted driving crashes. So today we're kicking off Distracted Driving Awareness Month with a guest who's already made an impact on decreasing distraction. Joining us today is Georgia State Representative John Carson. John, welcome. Hi, thank you. Appreciate it, Chuck. Well, it's good to have you here today, and uh, obviously the topic is distracted driving. It's been a little less than a year since the uh, hands-free driving law was enacted in Georgia. Um, of course, you were also named NAMIC State Legislator of the Year uh, for some of your work in this area. But uh, I thought maybe we'd start out with just a brief overview from you about uh, what Georgia's bill does. Sure, and uh, I appreciate that, and appreciate your time and and, uh, and your listeners' time and the award. That was that was really generous of you. Uh, this whole issue for us really started, or for me rather, really started with a couple of constituents noticing people on their phone, and it really seemed dangerous. And then I uh, sat in on a insurance committee meeting here at the state capitol in Atlanta, Georgia, discussing why insurance premiums were really going through the roof. We uh, in Georgia, we saw about a 12% average increase uh, just in 2016 alone in regard to auto insurance premiums across the board, and that's uh, both uh, private passenger and commercial all together. Uh, that's a 12% increase in 2016 versus what, less than 6% nationwide increase. And what we noticed is that traffic crashes were up uh, about 36% in just two years, and fatalities up a similar amount even though population was only up 2%. So we put together a, a study committee to really look into this and um, spoke to a lot of law enforcement and so forth. And they really came back to the only thing that's really different than just a few years ago was the prevalence of mobile phone technology, the prevalence of cell phones. One thing, a couple of things we noticed, Chuck, was the increase in crashes was primarily along rear end collisions, single car crashes and crashes by younger drivers drivers aged 15 to 25. And the increase in fatalities are among the most vulnerable on the road, the pedestrians, motorcyclists, and bicyclists, people that have less protection. And what public safety personnel told us and, and some insurance uh, industry uh, 
personnel told us was that this is clearly indicative of driver inattention. So what we put together uh, a hands-free law in Georgia. We saw that as the, really the only, the best solution and really the only viable solution. The Georgia, under the Georgia hands-free law, a driver cannot hold or support a wireless telecommunications device, meaning a cell phone, iPad, so forth. They cannot hold it or support it with their body. They cannot watch a video or motion on a screen, and they can't record a video. Uh, and they, and obviously, we maintain the uh, the ban on texting and, and internet uh, data. And that's pretty much what it does. Well, uh, John, I'm not a lawyer, and you're a CPA, correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. But uh, I guess we'll need lawyers to define. Do pagers fit under your uh, definition there? Uh, no, I don't believe they do. I believe there's a carve out for a couple of uh, oh, good. different I... um, pieces of telecommunications devices, such as ham radios, pagers, and things like that. Uh, yeah. Correct. I'm talking about like beepers, like old school pagers. You know, like uh, oh wow, it's probably unnecessary to ban them. They're not not much used these days. So, you know, I'm on the board of the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, and um, obviously this has been an issue that uh, IHS, which is, you know, research arm, has been responsible uh-huh. for, uh, you know, a, a huge um, reduction in, in uh, fatalities and, and accidents on the highway through its research over more than 50 years. But looking at IHS research, it does confirm, you know, uh, a lot of what you said in terms of most recent year, and this is from a, a 2019 study that, um, well, was published beginning of this year, but they looked at the uh, 2017, uh, you know, accident year and saw that, you know, 37,000 people died in motor vehicle crashes. Assuming right. the prevalence of phone manipulation nationwide rose as it did in Northern Virginia, this was the place of their study on uh, distracted driving. And by the way, it is a really hard thing to study. It's hard to you know, observe. It's hard to uh, determine the extent of hands-free driving. And of course, it's hard to determine the cause-effect uh, of of the um, you know use of uh, devices and the um, you know increase in crashes and or injury or fatalities. But in any event, one they, thing uh, we notice, if I may, one thing yeah. we notice is that it's very difficult for law enforcement to determine that a cell phone was in use because with if i was uh drinking and driving there's forensic evidence i.e my blood alcohol concentration or exactly results from a breathalyzer or what have you if i was high on drugs same type of uh, forensic evidence if i was using my phone very few people ever 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 admit to that so what we realize is no one's going to admit to this The, the best thing to do is to get the phones out of people's hands yep uh, exactly. And, you know, in terms of the IHS research, you know, they estimated that uh, more than 800 of the estimated crash deaths in 2017 uh, could be attributed to phone manipulation. So uh-huh. it, uh, it clearly is a problem. And uh, again, we commend you for your work in, in Georgia. How, tell me, how, how is enforcement done? Uh, I assume it's mostly through law enforcement observing you know, various uh, acts uh, in the car, but uh, how, how have the expectations come out around enforcement with you? As sure, well? sure. That, that you're, you're absolutely correct. It's uh, when we were putting together the, the law and going around to the state to various law enforcement, 
one uh, law enforcement officer, among many, many others, said, John, there's just no way for me to tell what you're doing on your phone, whether or not you're texting or whether you're dialing. And so we need a, something clear and enforceable. And then once we have that, then we'll be able to, uh, to enforce that law uh, readily. And so that's what we gave them. And to answer your question, all an officer has to do now is determine, do you have the phone in your hand or do you, are you sporting it with your body? And by that, I mean, do you, you know, do you have the phone wedged between your head and your shoulder? Do you have the phone laying in your lap or something like that? And that made it much easier for an officer to determine what you're doing, whether regard uh, and the, whether or not you're on the internet or wh whether you're texting or what have you versus on your dialer app. It, it makes no difference. You, you can't have the phone in your hand. And we heard back from law enforcement that this is far easier uh, to enforce uh, and gives them uh, a better avenue to. Uh, uh, provide for public safety. So I assume there has been an increase in citations, uh, you know, in the past year and, uh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I would imagine there's probably I don't have the exact numbers, but I imagine the number of, uh, distracted driving, uh, or violations of our hands-free law, uh, for the six months from July 1st to the end of, uh, December, um, was probably about 9,000 citations. And keep in mind, we had about a 90-day, quote-unquote, uh, discretionary grace period as given out by State Patrol. Those are just State Patrol numbers, Georgia right. State Patrol. Right. And the year before of the same period, you probably had less than 2,000 citations. Wow. You go from less than 2,000 to 9,000 plus in the same six-month uh, period uh, is a, a huge swing. Any uh, surprises uh, now one year in in terms of uh, the effect of the law? Or... I, I think a couple of surprises. Uh, when, when, when drivers were first being pulled over on July 1st, on that Sunday in 2018, they were saying, wow, I, I, I hadn't heard this law, but it's about time that the state passed this. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it was amazing to hear that after all the the fight and struggle we had to go through to get it done. Yes, yeah, it's, um, it's not often we, that uh, when someone is charged with a violation of a new state law, they give, like, on-the-street support for that lost passage. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And another surprise it. that we've been hearing is um, that insurance uh, claims are coming down for the first time in many years, Chuck. And that is just fantastic news because that is a leading indicator of number of crashes. It is uh, of uh, where premiums might go down in the future. And that's just good for, it's good for consumers, it's good for business, and it's good for saving lives. Well, I know, speaking of awareness, as we talk about the, the introduction of the law and, and even people's responses back in July of 2018, um, I understand there were campaigns run to help develop awareness, and, and obviously enforcement can never cover, you know, all the uh, instances of, of potential uh, distracted driving with phone use. And so just making people aware that uh, they shouldn't do it, that it's dangerous, that it's against the law, uh, is a big part of the uh, program. Absolutely. Awareness was a huge uh, part of the program. 
Uh, based on my background, I usually work on tax and insurance legislation, which not many people care about. This no, we, uh, care about we care about well, it. We care about it. I know you do. I know you. <laughs> Our you members care about it. Too. We appreciate your work. Thank you. I appreciate. It. Yeah, but but this we have a population of 10.7 million people in in Georgia and about six million drivers. So a lot of people care about this. And I tell you, the the public awareness through the media, mostly through the media, but also through our Department of uh, of uh, uh, Governor's Office of Highway Safety, uh, the Georgia State Patrol, local law enforcement, such as your sheriffs and counties, we have reports that 98% of Georgia drivers knew of this hands-free law within four months after its passage and, and implementation. And that number was actually... 99% awareness for members of AAA, Ameri uh, American Automobile Association. 98% awareness in the public and 99% among that segment of AAA drivers. It, just about everybody knows about this. And whether or not they uh, change their behavior yet, I think it's gonna take a culture change, but the awareness has been uh, uh, through, the, through the roof. Well, and not just awareness, but uh, again, reinforcing what you said, another study from AAA uh, done nationally um, in 2018 said that 64% of respondents to their survey consider distracted driving a much bigger problem today than it was three years ago. Again, Absolutely. Uh, increasing uh, penetration you know, of, of uh, smartphones and you know, basically everyone has them and and many people use them for many things, uh, but that they shouldn't use them for, for uh, you know, things while driving, and that people are beginning to recognize that uh, that that's a growing problem. So, if you take a look at some uh, uh, telecommunications uh, data, you'll see that uh, even though population grows at say one two percent a year, wireless data traffic is just it's it's growing exponentially, and we knew we had an issue. Uh, definitely in the future, if not now, obviously we do it as well now. In regard to so much wireless data going across uh, the networks and so forth, we knew we had to uh, address this issue. Well, obviously uh, you've been a leader in this, and uh, you know we, we truly appreciate your uh, your work in Georgia. I know other states are looking at um, you know passing similar laws. I know, obviously, we and our government affairs representatives in uh, various states are working on this. Uh, do you have any advice for those who might follow in your footsteps uh, in other states? Well, uh, it's funny you should ask that, Chuck, because I've had uh, legislators, uh, fellow col uh, colleagues in other states, as well as uh, victims advocates uh, reach out to me from both Carolinas, Florida, Alabama, uh, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, um, Texas, uh, Michigan, uh, just a, a quite a few other states, Minnesota, all about this issue. My advice to them is to get input from a, around your state with, with regard to public sentiment. Well, one thing we noticed in Georgia, there was not a single opponent to what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And it, it is one of those issues where the public was out, a, out ahead of the lawmakers out ahead of the, the the politicians in regard to this issue, I would say get input from around your state, show the data, show that show data that you have a problem with distracted driving, and show data that these hand free hands free laws work. So show those two pieces of data, 
But then also a third part is the victim's family stories are also crucial. Now I'm, I'm a numbers person, as you noted, and I can quote all kinds of statistics in regard to uh, claims uh, increase, uh, both in frequency and severity. I can take a look at all, all types of other uh, stats and statistics from IHS and what have you. But when you have victims' family stories really touching someone and say, that, that's not just a number. That was, that was a 15-year-old driver. That was a 19-year-old girl on her way to college and she was killed in a distracted driving incident. That was someone's child. That was someone's uh, father or mother. Those victims' family stories are crucial. And I would say two things to remember. One is the public overwhelmingly supports these laws. Like I said, even though elected officials might be hesitant. And the second thing is that these laws literally save lives. They literally save lives. Yep. And we've proven it in Georgia. Well, before we wrap up here, I'd just offer uh, uh, a note that uh, I learned about probably a year ago and uh, just a practical tip for our listeners. Um, if you have an iPhone and if you connect to your phone using Bluetooth, uh, there is a do not disturb while driving feature. And again, uh, in my case, it sends a text message to whoever texts me uh, or calls me. Um, if it uh, is not actively, uh, you know, uh, forwarding my call to the um, uh, car's uh, phone device. But um, mm-hmm. it's a very, uh, you know, simple little tool, and it is, uh, you know, it's hard not to be distracted when the text message comes through, you're on a long drive, but to the extent, you know, a device like this on, on many phones uh, just prevents you from even receiving the uh, notice that the text has come in or the phone call has come in. I find it's really helpful, and so for that is a, uh, an easy suggestion, but certainly the most effective way to approach it and the way you have in Georgia, and we, again, thank you for, for your work in this area, is to uh, start with uh, law enforcement and new laws that help, uh, over time, save li- lives and uh, you know, prevent uh, the distracted driving that we know is, uh, is a great problem. So thank you very much I for the time it. today, and, and most importantly, thanks for your work uh, uh, on this issue. Well, I appreciate it, Chuck, and I appreciate your uh, your your listening to what we did. And um, and again, that this whole effort is, is is not about anything else really, but saving lives, and that's what we're doing. And I encourage uh, colleagues in other states uh, and, and the public to do the same. Well, thank you for your time, and thanks for your work uh, working with those colleagues in other states, because uh, I think many of them will follow your lead. After Chuck and Representative Carson wrapped up their conversation, Carson called back with one more point to add about why it's up to consumers to take responsibility for the distracted driving epidemic. The biggest thing we had to address in Georgia was that we, everybody loves to attack insurance companies. Everybody loves to, to, to knock on them. One thing I put in my study committee report is that insurance company losses kept on increasing the more we delayed looking at this issue. Yep. We're looking at uh, car and uh, both private passenger and commercial policies. They're just continuing losses against direct premiums earned, which is obviously a, a not, uh, NAIC metric you understand. I understand, yep. but getting other people to understand it. To say not just our insurance company losing money, they're losing more and more money. And this is not an insurance problem. This is a We can't blame this on State Farm and GEICO and others. This is a consumer problem. And having that about face to say, no, it's not their fault. It is our fault as consumers, not any particular one person, but as consumers, we have to change our culture. True. And that was one of the biggest challenges 
And I think we've been successful. I really do. You, you heard the, the numbers in regard to uh, how so popular the law is and how many people know about the law. Yep. Um, Various legislative efforts related to distracted driving are pending in several states around the country, and NAMIC is continuing to work with elected officials with the goal of promoting motorist safety. It's been nearly 18 years since the September 11th attacks shattered the nation. In the years following, the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act established a risk-sharing mechanism for commercial lines that allows the federal government and the insurance industry to share losses in the event of another major terrorist attack. TRIA is up for reauthorization at the end of next year, and although that seems like a long time from now, Assistant Vice President of Public Policy and Federal Affairs, John Bergner, says the NAMIC team already is at work re-educating Congress on the importance of this legislation. We think it's important to remember that 80% of Congress was not here when this program was created. And I think a about one-third of them were not here even the last time it was reauthorized. So we want to get into these offices early and make sure the importance of the program is, is understood. This will make the later stages of the debate much easier to navigate as we get into the, the real legislating. Our general message is, is this up on the Hill. The TRIA program is working well and has fostered a robust private market for terrorism insurance. The program should be reauthorized for as long a term as possible with no changes to the existing structure. To learn more about TRIA, check out NAMIC's latest white paper titled Understanding the Terrorism Risk Insurance Program, now available online at NAMIC.org. Resiliency Week is closer to becoming a reality after the National Council of Insurance Legislators adopted a resolution at its spring meeting to establish the Awareness Building Initiative. The NAMIC State Affairs team has introduced resolutions in several states designating a week in September to focus on resiliency. It aims to start conversations about the recently passed Federal Disaster Recovery Reform Act. The new NCOIL National Model Resolution encourages communities throughout the country to build resiliently and develop long-range mitigation strategies for protecting people and property from future hazardous events. And that's a wrap for this episode of Insurance Uncovered. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and we hope you'll keep tuning in as we return with more insurance news and information on April 17th. If you have a topic or issue you'd like us to uncover, don't hesitate to let us know. You can shoot us an email at uncoveredatnamic.org. Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a great day.